0: Well, hello. Great to see you. Uh, It's good to be together. Um, Netflix has gone huge, hasn't it, over recent weeks. And uh, the whole box set thing and watching series is as big as it's ever been. Um, Apparently, um, there are 16 million new subscribers uh, to Netflix um, since the beginning of the year. And their share price has gone up um, 30%. I don't know about you, but I love a good box set. I love to watch a good series, and um, I like an action thing. I like a psychological thriller, um, a crime, and uh, trying to work out who's done it and who the character is that has done the the dirty deed. Um, And occasionally I'll watch some uh, romantic stuff with my wife as well. Um, What I love most is um, when they reveal a character and they develop that character uh, to and sometimes that takes an unexpected twist and actually can change the whole of the story. And uh, in a funny sort of way, that's what John does. The writer in John's gospel does um, in his gospel and in our text today. In some way, it's a bit of a spoiler alert. It's uh, a great, big, huge reveal of the main character who is of course Jesus and um, John uh, sets us up uh, in his gospel for a series of encounters with Jesus and that's what this new series that I'm starting today is called and uh, Jesus has interactions with a number of people and as he does so, they find out more of who he is, but also they find out more about themselves as they respond to him. And actually, every encounter demands a response. Uh, John writes um, in his gospel at chapter 20 verse 31 he says that uh, actually the things that we see in his gospel are just the tip of the iceberg of the things that jesus did and said whilst he was with the I, the disciples he says these things were written so that you may believe that jesus is the messiah the son of god that by believing in him you may have life in his name It's an incredible summary of the whole book and our hope as we go through this series even today is that you have encounters as you see Jesus afresh and our prayer is that it might change your story beyond all recognition you know sometimes when people recommend a box set they'll um, say look don't listen don't watch series one You know, go straight to series two. That's when it's really good, and uh, I've tried that. um, But the reality is, I was asking so many questions of my wife when I joined her in a season two um, because I didn't have any context. I didn't understand the characters. I didn't understand how they got in that place at that time. So let me give you a little context here before I read passage for today, and it's John the Baptist. John the Baptist has um, been given a job, as it were, from God to prepare the way for Jesus. He's a a forerunner. He's like a pacemaker in this incredible race of history. And in the time he has some followers, he's has some people that have gathered around him, disciples, and essentially he's preparing ground for Jesus. He's he's preaching a baptism of get yourselves right um, because Jesus is coming, a baptism of repentance. And then in this story, he sees Jesus, he encounters Jesus in the flesh for the first time. And uh, it reveals um, two kind of game changing aspects of Jesus' character, things that will bring transformation. And we're going to look at those two uh, in a moment. But the way that John does it here is that he puts them back into the Old Testament. You see, he talks about series one, the Old Testament. He puts it back into context and he helps, therefore, those readers of the time to understand what he's now seeing in Jesus. Let's read uh, our passage today from John 1, uh, verse 29. I'm just going to read a couple of verses And it says this, the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said a man will come after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for the reason I came baptizing with water, was that he might be revealed to Israel. First great reveal is that Jesus is the Lamb of God who came to take sins away. Verse 29, look, John says, look, the Lamb of God who came to take sins of the world away. Let's just unpack this a little bit. It's of God. It's the Lamb of God. You see, Jesus came from God. He is the Son, Jesus Christ. He's the promised Messiah, if you like, that the whole of the Old Testament was pointing towards. He's not just a man. (laughs) He is the God-man. He wasn't born like you or I. He had a miraculous birth and he came to this earth. He'd actually always existed. In the first part of John's gospel, in John chapter one, we have this incredible um, writing where John talks about Jesus being the word and that the word was with God and he was there right at the beginning. And this is the moment that John sees, John the Baptist sees that the word has become flesh that amazing thing that has happened through Jesus Christ coming to this earth secondly he's the lamb the lamb in the old testament they were sacrificed for sins they were the perfect lambs they were ones that were without blemish and without spot and they were they had to be perfect in order to give a good sacrifice and blood was shed in the old testament and it was shed to offer atonement for sin, to make us right again with God for the Israelites and the Jewish people when they had uh, gone against God. But the thing is with these offerings, these sacrifices, that they were limited in time and they were limited in effect. John the Baptist was pointing and looking at a new human, perfect lamb. And this lamb, it was sinless. It had to be. Jesus had to be. John puts it elsewhere in 1 John 3 uh, verse 5. He says, you know that he appeared to take sins away and in him there is no sin. There is no original sin in Jesus and there is no active sin in him. And of course, that qualifies him from God as the lamb, as the perfect sin-taking saviour, the eternal son of God, came into the world, not not to judge us, but to take our way, our sins, to take away our sins. That is the most amazing truth for us this morning. One perfect sacrifice for all of time, for the whole world, for you and for me. There is no better news this morning but there's more john doesn't stop there let's read again in our passage he goes on in verse uh 34 sorry 32 and he says then john gave this testimony here comes another testimony about jesus i saw a great here's another reveal i saw the great the the holy the spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him and i myself did not know him but the one who sent me to baptise with water told me the man on whom you see the spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptise with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. So the second big reveal here is that this Jesus is the one who came to baptise his people with the Holy Spirit and with fire. John said, I didn't know him, but God, the one who spoke to him to go and baptise people with water, had told him that when you see the Spirit come on him, and of course he's talking about Jesus' baptism here, and John would have witnessed that. And when it remained upon him, John was reminded by God that this is the one who is going to come and fulfil This baptism with the Holy Spirit. It was a fulfilment because the Old Testament once again makes it plain that the long-awaited Messiah would be empowered by the Spirit of God and in his day the Spirit would therefore be poured out on all people in incredible and marvellous new ways. This is all about salvation. This is all about the Holy Spirit and Christ as the lamb who together bring new birth as we trust in him. And the Holy Spirit, therefore, sustains us as he birthed us into a relationship with him. And it also points us as people filled with him back to Jesus It in itself testifies, as John is doing here, to the great Jesus who has saved our souls. John Piper says that if Jesus were not first the Lamb of God who takes away sin by dying, then he could never be the baptizer who gives the Spirit by rising. And yet he was and is both of those things. So, what's happening? Season one, the Old Testament is pointing forward, and John is saying now, he's saying, We're in season two, it's happening now. God has sent his own lamb into the world to take away our sin, to fill his people with himself by the Spirit. It was the fulfilment of the Old Testament and it was the reality of Jesus coming to this earth to demonstrate that he was indeed the chosen one. You know, with encounter comes response, doesn't it? And as John looks and sees Jesus he says, look, That's my encouragement to you, look at Jesus. Don't just look and look past him, look at him. You see, all of life and all of history revolves around him and all of eternity is about him. John's saying, I want you to see him. Look, and when you look, don't just see him as a man, see him as the God man, the unique, sinless God man who left uh, the riches and the glory of heaven to come to this stinking earth for us to take away something that we could not take away ourselves our sin our mess our barrier that keeps us from God and he said this is Jesus he's not just for the Jew but and for Israel but this is for the whole world in order to get right and to get back into our relationship with God this is the Lamb who was slain and he did it for us. Well before I go on and tell more of um John the Baptist's response, here's uh someone who has also responded to an encounter with Jesus. Let's hear Alan's story. From thirty years ago I found myself on a football pitch.
1: Me and my friend had hatched a plan to steal turf from our local premiership team, Sheffield United. What my friend neglected to tell me was that the reason we could get onto the pitch was that some evangelistic preacher had hired the stadium for a week and there was no objection for people to go onto the pitch, he said. So I arrived at the ground and got in and, as he said, at a certain point the preacher said, if you want to become a Christian, come onto the pitch. So I heard, come onto the pitch, and I did. I went onto the pitch. And as all the people around me knelt down to, in some way, meet their God, I knelt down, took a knife out of my jacket pocket and cut a square piece of turf out of the ground. Put it back in my pocket, looked around, nobody had seen me, and I thought I'd got away scot-free. As I stood up, somebody gave me a a small portion of the Bible called Luke's Gospel, put it into my hand and sent me on my way. I was walking off the pitch and an, uh, an older lady, walked straight in front of me and stopped me and said I saw everything I saw everything that you did but I want to tell you God has a plan for your life and it's bigger than you think so what I want you to do is I want you to read that portion of Bible that you were given promise me you'll do it and so I thought to myself well if I can get off the pitch without getting caught I can just promise to this lady I'll read it and she'll let me go. So I promised and she did, she let me go. I carried on and walked off, left the ground and got home. But when I got home, I did actually keep my promise. I read the portion of the Bible. It was the first time that I'd ever read any of the Bible. It was Luke's Gospel. And when I read through it, I read about a God that I had never, never thought that God was like that. I'd never heard of a God like that, caring, kind, forgiving loving it was totally different and in fact there was a story that really touched me which was the story of the prodigal son and I met there an outrageous god who forgave and loved a son who had thrown his life away as such and from that day on it changed me I met a god that was very different to the one I'd always thought was there
0: well, thank you, Alan. It's so good. I love hearing stories of lives that have been transformed as people have encountered Jesus in all sorts of different ways. You know, when someone uh, does a bit of a spoiler on a box set and you hear something of, of what it might be coming, there's nothing like um, actually experiencing even if someone's told you the end of the story, when you're watching it, it comes alive. And uh, there's nothing like the experience, therefore, of not, of not just seeing Jesus, but knowing him personally and experiencing it yourself. See, John the Baptist had now seen Jesus. He'd encountered the one who he was preparing the way for. And Jesus, there in the flesh, <laughs> caused John to have an incredible response. And it uh, came down to three responses, I think. first one was that John realised and recognised that Jesus was superior to him and all mankind in every way. And in many ways, John the Baptist, in the light of Jesus, was very much second, as are we all. Second thing was that John's work... Was done. The thing that God had asked him to do to prepare the way for Jesus to come had come at that moment to an end. And the last thing that John did, John the Baptist, was he basically, because of those two things, he pointed people to Jesus. He said, Don't look at me, look at him. And I always say the same don't look at me, don't look at anyone on this earth, look at him. And I just want to unpack that thing about being second. You see, John um, the Baptist summed up his ministry either side of this chapter, actually, as you hear about John the Baptist and into chapter 3. And in 3, verse 30, he says that uh, he, that's Jesus, must become greater, and I, John the Baptist, must become less. There's this whole thing of in front of Jesus, we're nothing, and he is everything. It's not strictly true to say we're nothing because we are made in his image and he loves us. But in terms of what we can do with our sin, we've got nowhere to go. In terms of being saved and regenerated, we cannot do that in our own strength. In terms of having life and life to the full, it is not satisfied just by the things of this earth. And John knew that and he was seeing that. And he reinforced it in those words. I'd encourage you to read it. He said, what I do and what he does, in comparison to Jesus, are two radically different things. You see, I dare not even untie his sandals. That was the extent of John in the face of Jesus. John said that Jesus was was before him, even though he was the forerunner. Jesus had been from eternity. He ranks Jesus infinitely higher than he does himself you see he was the voice john was but jesus was the message john prepared the way jesus is the way john was a temporary kind of pointer jesus is the eternal person of god john was a mere man jesus was the god man john baptized with water jesus with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Can you see what's happening here as we encounter Jesus and in John's mind and in his heart? You know, every encounter brings an action. In 2008, there were a group of people who got together and everything online was just becoming a thing. And so they started to post um, testimonies of people who had encountered Jesus online. And they called it, I am second. And I love it because it tells of so many stories of people who have encountered Jesus and realised that they were second. And the reality is that that is the only way to come to Jesus. You see, if we want to know this salvation that John was encountering with the perfect lamb and by the power of the Holy Spirit, then we need to put ourselves out of the driving seat, out of being Lord of our own lives and ask Jesus to come into our lives and be the Lord. We need to come second. We need to bow upon our knees. You see, every other way is a counterfeit way, unless it is the way and the truth and the life, which is through Jesus. But today, you might want to give your life to him. And if you do, you can do that by a simple prayer of asking Jesus to forgive you of your sin that you cannot take away yourself and to acknowledge him as the great Lamb of God, the sin taker, who will forgive you of your sins, and he will give you life and life to the full as you give up your life and give it to him, as you are second and you put him first in your life. I would encourage you to pray that prayer today, even as we go into a song in a moment. And if you pray that prayer, if you're serious about wanting a relationship with God, in your response to an encounter with him this morning, then please let us know on the chat, whether you're on YouTube or Facebook, let us know um, that you prayed the prayer. And we'd love to follow up with you and get in contact to help you on this incredible life-giving journey of what it is to follow the Lamb. But secondly, if you know Jesus already, you know, I, I just felt there might be a season where you, y- your thing has been done. Your ministry, your season in life, it's done. And you have a temptation right now to hold on to that. Perhaps it's become part of your identity. And today, as you encounter Jesus, he's saying, that's okay. I have something new for you. Let that go. Let me be um, your guide. And let let me give you something more for you in this day. And for almost all of us, I guess, we can worship again because Jesus has saved us from our sins. And when we go to the next season, season four, which will go on and on and on, it's unlimited episodes of eternity, of rejoicing around the throne of the lamb that was slain, because he was perfect and he died a death for us so that we each could have life. Friends, let's point people to Jesus. When they look at us, do they see him because that's what john the baptist did and that is his response to an amazing encounter with jesus let's pray father thank you for your goodness to us thank you that you didn't live us leave us in our sin but you sent the perfect lamb as a sacrifice once and for all for everybody who calls upon your name Lord, I pray for those that are inquiring today. Would they encounter you? Lord, I pray for those of us who would have already known you and love you. Lord, would you help us to fall afresh in love with you again and only encounter you more in these days? Thank you, God. May much glory be given to your name. Amen.